This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Sometimes we let life guide us, and other times we take life by the horns. But one thing is for sure, no matter how organized we are or how well we plan, we can always expect the unexpected brandon jenner so me and my girlfriend decided to go backpacking labor day weekends for about two nights and we brought our dogs with us 11 miles in we ended up setting up camp it started downpouring rain so we were stuck in our tents the whole time and then as the rain cleared i went to go get out of my tent and i ended up stepping on my backpack and my bear mace was in there and my bear mace just exploded all over my tent all over my face, all over my clothes. I remember going to the stream and just like chugging water and just trying to get it all over my face because it got in my mouth as well. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Mirpod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Hi everybody, it's Doc. Before we get to this week's content, let's check in with some of our former guests and see what they're up to. Let's see what season one Episode 45 guest, Barney Scout Man, is up to on the Arizona Trail. Here's a special hello to all John Freakin' Muir podcast listeners from 
Scout, Barney Scoutman, I have completed more than one half of the Arizona Trail. Boy, is it different from all of the other big trails, the PCT, the CDT, the AT. I've met one of my big goals, to see a Gila monster. I have hiked a lot of distance between water sources, and it was not my goal, not at all, to, um, to play a game of rock, paper, scissors with... My pants, my thigh, and barbed wire. Because let me tell you, when you play rock, paper, scissors with your pants, thigh, and barbed wire, barbed wire always wins. So I spent 90 minutes sewing up my pants in the tent. My pants now have a trail name. Think about it for a moment. They are called Franken pants. After seven straight days hiking, I'm on a zero day. I actually had rain. I thought I might be carrying my tent and my rain jacket, 15% of my 10-pound base weight, and they carry them the whole way of the rain, but I did have rain this week. In fact, the Arizona Trail Association issued a, uh, a warning, uh, flash flood, but I didn't hear it, so I was out there. And for a few half hours, especially today, it felt like I was in the North Cascades, 6,000 feet, having a great time here on the Arizona Trail. Best to all of you out there. Barney Scoutman, out. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Mirpod, also known as Conversations with Cool Hiking People. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, on to this week's content. This week, I have a real treat for our listeners. Joining us this week is a prospective PCT thru-hiker who's going to do a two-parter for us. Today is the first of two episodes where we will talk to Panda about her preparation and thoughts about her upcoming 2,600-mile journey from Mexico to Canada on the PCT, and then she'll be joining us later in the year to tell us about how it went, what she learned, how it lived up to expectations, and of course, she will regale us with all the stories from the trail. Welcome to the pod, Panda. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so I'm assuming that Panda is your trail name. This is not what uh, your coworkers call you or, you know, what it says on your driver's license. Just a guess. Is Panda your trail name? No, it's not. It's just a nickname right now. Um, I, would, I wouldn't mind having it as a trail name, but it doesn't really have a cool story behind it. <laughs> okay. Just kind of a nickname from Amanda. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I, I, I assumed you'd already picked up a trail name. I wanted right. to hear the story behind it. Uh, I can't wait to pick one up. I mean, if it is Panda, that'd be cool too. But <laughs> So how are you going to introduce yourself on the trail to other hikers? If you introduce yourself as Panda, they're going to, they're going to assume that that's a trail right. name and you won't, you won't have the opportunity to get another one. I know. I'm, I'm probably going to stick with Amanda at the beginning. Just Smart. wait and see. Yeah. Smart. Very good. <laughs> Feel it out first. Very good. Hey, a quick question. Have you listened to the podcast before? I have. I actually just recently listened to the one with Little Skittle. Okay. Um, and I also listened to the one with the guys who did the To Measure a Mile documentary. Yeah. Yeah. I actually watched that about a month ago. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. They're on here. <laughs> They're a fun group of guys. That was a lot of fun talking to them. And also yeah, Little Skittle. <laughs> she, she had a lot of great information. Yeah, Little Skittle's awesome. Now, I know that Little Skittle follows you on Instagram. Do you guys know each other? And you're both in the Pacific Northwest, right? 
Yeah, so we actually kind of started hiking about the same time and met each other through Instagram. And it's a small world because we've never met in person, but our parents have actually worked together for 10, 20 years. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so she's actually one of the ones who inspired me to get out there as well. Yeah. <laughs> small sure. world. Very good. And we're going to talk about the inspiration in just a little bit. But before we okay. get to that, the reason I asked if you had listened to an episode was to make sure that you were aware of a regular segment that we have on the podcast. And that is the pro tip insight of the week. Yes, I have heard of that. <laughs> okay. So towards the end of the episode, I'm going to turn to you and ask you for your pro tip insight of the week, something you could share with our listeners to make their next outdoor adventure even better. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. I'll start good. thinking. <laughs> okay. And then I always like to talk about gear on the podcast. And so I, I introduced a new segment this season called the Must Bring Gear Review. And so Amanda or Panda, if you were going to have somebody, have a stranger pack your bag for a multi-day hike with just generic gear, what would you insist on, you know, what specific piece of gear would you insist on being packed uh, as your must bring piece of gear? That's a hard one. Um, I haven't used it yet, but uh, it would be my feather friends quilts that I have recently gotten. I've laid in it a few times and it is like laying in a cloud that I feel like my night's sleep are going to be amazing. And to have a good night's sleep just makes the trail even better. <laughs> okay. So this is off to a, a good start here. You, you've already, you, you're taking a, uh, a quilt instead of a sleeping bag? Yes. I've tried mummy bags and they just, I do not sleep very well in those. <laughs> are you, are you a side sleeper? Yes. And I yeah. toss and turn all night. <laughs> yeah. Same with me. I found sleeping bags to be very constrictive. And so I also went with a quilt. And so what, tell, tell us a little bit about your, what your gear is for the PCT. What's your base weight right now? And, you know, just your sleep system and your, your, uh, your shelter. Yeah, um, I have a, I just got a Hyperlite Mountain Southwest backpack that I'll be bringing about 55 liters, okay. um, a Feathered Friends quilt, 900 fill, and then a uh, Nemo, it's like a, it's a blow up pad, mm -hmm. I can't remember, I think it's a Tensor, yes, a Tensor, I got it used at REI, um, and then I just recently purchased the Gossamer Gear, the two, and set oh, it up today. Wow, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> My first time using a trekking full tent. So. And yeah. it's actually very roomy. <laughs> yeah, how did the setup go? For your first time setting it up, how did it go? It was a little tricky at first. I did watch a couple YouTube videos, but <laughs> eventually what? got it yeah. down. <laughs> what a great resource, yeah. you, YouTube videos. I mean, how, I don't know how many hours I've yes. spent watching different <laughs> videos, but man, I don't know what they did before they had YouTube. You know, poor, poor uh, long trail hikers had to figure it out on their own. Right? <laughs> I don't know what we did before that. <laughs> it has so, definitely been helpful. So with those components, what is, what is your base weight? Uh, my base weight's about 14 pounds. Yeah. Okay. Are you happy, are you happy <laughs> with light. that? Are you happy? I'm very happy with it. Yes. Okay. Uh, last year when I was going to do it, it was 17 pounds. So I've dropped it about three or four pounds now. Okay. Yeah. And the, yeah. the, the crucial question that I asked my guests to determine if they are ultralight crazy or just normal ultralight, have you cut off the straps on your pack, all the extra straps, and have you drilled holes in your toothbrush? I have not. Okay. <laughs> no, my toothbrush luckily is a bamboo toothbrush. So it actually comes in two pieces. 
Okay. So I got pretty lucky on that one. <laughs> but you're taking both pieces. No, I'm just going to take one. Oh, okay. Wow. That's one. So I'll go a little ultralight on that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. Uh, let's back up a little bit before we get too far okay. down the trail. And let's talk about your background growing up, you know, what kinds of hobbies and sports you played and how did you get involved in the through hiking cult? Yeah, um, I grew up kind of just playing sports. I played volleyball and soccer, and I grew up with my dad, so he kind of turned me into a little tomboy of his. <laughs> we went camping a lot and did road trips, but not too much hiking until about five or six years ago is when I really started getting into it. Okay. Yeah. And were you only child? No, I have uh two sisters and one brother. So I'm kind of like right in the middle. (laughs) And have have any of them caught the through hiking bug as well? They have not. We are all so different. (laughs) I'm the only one that likes to be outside and embrace the rain and the type two fun. (laughs) Okay. And how did, how did that happen? Do you think? I don't know. I think it's just, I've always been drawn to the outdoors. I was always even playing soccer in the rain and never bothered me or getting in the mud. I loved it. So I think just being outside is what makes me happiest. Okay. And let's go back to that moment when you first became aware that there were long trails out there. When, when did you first hear about the PCT or the AT and get into your head to say, you know what, putting everything I need, you know, on my back, you know, 15, 20, 25 pounds and living in the dirt for, for months on end. That's a great idea. I want to do that. Yeah. So it kind of started uh, with the book Wilds. I know a lot of people have read it. Um, that's when I first got introduced to the trail, but I never had a thought to do it until about two and a half years ago. Um, I was working at REI and a guy I worked with actually did it. Well, wait and... a second. Wait a second there, Panda. Yes. You you are an REI employee? I was, yes. You were, okay. <laughs> I was, yes. Yeah, it is an awesome place to work. So anybody out there who is interested in REI, I highly recommend it. They're any, a great company. Any employee discounts? Yes. You get 50% off REI gear, you get 30% off the store, and then a ton of pro deals. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I'm thinking your pro tip inside of the week might be that if you're considering taking up backpacking as a as a hobby to work at REI first to get that that discount. Yeah, a lot of people actually just get in there to get gear and then they get out. It's yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Continue. No, it's okay. Um, and then a guy I worked with there did the trail in 2012. And I was, I thought he was like the celebrity, like, no way you did the trail. <laughs> and he told me that you can do it. There's really anybody can do it. You're just, it's in your mind that you can't. And that's when I saw little Skittle was preparing for it. And I was like, well, if she can do it, then why not start preparing for it? And then I just got the idea and just went with it. <laughs> okay. And let's, let's talk about that preparation. What kind of research uh, did you do? in terms of websites or YouTube videos? Did you find any, any of those to be particularly helpful or instrumental yeah. in your preparation? Yeah, um, I went to actually an REI class uh, from a girl named Beth, a woman named Beth, who um, was kind of going over the logistics of the trail, what type of gear you need, and then followed with a lot of looking at the PCTA website and purchasing Yogi's book, which helped a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we've heard yeah. a lot about Yogi. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of good information in there. That's for sure. Okay, and then how long? Over what time period did you acquire, start acquiring gear? Um, probably about a year before. Yeah, not too long before. Okay. Yeah. And you just kind of budgeted. You know, you spend this much each each month on uh, on gear. Yeah, <laughs> basically, if not, then all of my money would be going to gear. Yeah, kind of budgeted a couple hundred bucks a month, like one month, get one big item, the next month, get another big item and mm-hmm. put a little bit away there as well. Yeah. Okay. And I understand that you were ready to do the PCT in 2020, but yeah. then COVID came along and changed a lot of people's plans. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. But, uh, what What kinds of other experiences did you participate in to get yourself ready uh, first for the, for the PCT in 2020 and now 2021, what kinds of hiking experiences did you uh, embark upon? Yeah. Well, I kind I started hiking back in like 2015, I believe uh, with my dog Rufio. We did a lot of solo adventures together. Um, every day I had off, I was out in the mountains, just kind of getting my bearings, learning about the different trails around here. And my first hike, I actually went hiking in jeans. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) That was fun. Um, And then just kind of worked my way up from there, getting gear and started backpacking with my boyfriend. I got him into it and he got hooked on it. And any chance I could get, I was out hiking or backpacking in some form. Okay. Boyfriend is a backpacker as well. Is he joining you on the trail? He is not. He is staying at home. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because one of the things that I like to point out is if you're doing a long hike together as a couple, there's no hiding out there. Not and at all. <laughs> you're in a stressful situation. You're together 24-7 for weeks, months on end, and you are going to know everything about each other. And if you, if you survive that experience, then you guys are in it for the long haul. Right. <laughs> yeah. He kind of wanted to go with me at first and I told him, no, this is a solo thing. <laughs> you can stay home with the dogs. <laughs> All right. What kind of, what kind of dog is Rufio? Uh, Rufio is a Boston Terrier Chihuahua mix. Yeah. So he's a little guy. Not a big hiking breed. No, people, every time we are climbing the mountains, they're like, I can't believe he made it this far. His little legs. And he loves it. <laughs> He's older now, but I still get him out as much as I can. So yeah. tell us a little bit about your area that you referred to as, you know, you did some hikes in your area. Where are you located and what, what, yeah. uh, what kinds of trails did you do there? So I'm located in the Pacific or Washington state, Pacific Northwest. Um, I did a bunch of trails kind of in like the Olympic National Forest, Olympic National Park areas, usually my favorite. Um, Snoqualmie kind of ranges anywhere around anything within an hour to two hours of my house. I have, I have done it. (laughs) Yeah. And were these day hikes or are these overnighters or how how does that work? Mostly day hikes. Yeah. I've done a, I've done a bunch of overnighters, but starting out, it was mostly day hikes. Yeah. Okay. And, and tell us about that first overnighter. That's usually a memorable moment in most hikers minds. Yes. It was, I remember we went to, it was like a two mile hike into a lake. Me and my boyfriend did it together. And we were carrying, I think, Jansport backpacks with the car camping sleeping bags. And we had a little dinosaur tent from Walmart that we decided to bring with us. And 
it was it was an adventure that's for sure <laughs> we didn't know where to set up our tent we didn't our backpacks were so heavy we're like what's happening right now is this a good idea <laughs> and it's kind of funny because we actually saw some pct hikers when we were there and we were kind of amazed at how little their backpacks were <laughs> like there's no way you guys are backpacking with this when we have the most generic <laughs> heavy gear you could have <laughs> and did you have a chance to talk to those folks we didn't. We didn't. Oh, yeah. Okay. Looking back now, I see, I wish we did, but we didn't at the time. Very good. Now your experiences are not just limited to Washington though. You've had some other adventures as well. Yes. We went on a month long backpacking trip through Thailand, which was amazing. Highly recommend if anybody hasn't been to Thailand to check it out. Yeah. So a month long backpacking trip. Yes kind of exploring. We started in Bangkok and then we went up north for a week or two and then we went down to the islands for a week or two and kind of jumped from hostel to hostel, checking places out, living out of our backpacks for the first time. <laughs> so when you say backpacking, it was a lot of time spent in the cities or back in, in uh, kind of uh, forests and jungles and stuff? Kind of in the forest and jungles. Oh, I know really? we were in the city for a day or two and we did not like that. <laughs> and when we ended up getting up to Chiang Mai in the jungle area, it was a lot of fun. We went zip lining and got to go see some monkeys. And that was a really good time. And we actually went to go and hang out with elephants and we got to feed them and bathe them, which was an awesome experience. Okay. So are there established trails in Thailand that you knew about and were going to follow or... How does that work? How does backpacking in the jungles of Thailand work? Uh, there was no trails that I knew of at the time. I was just kind of had the travel bug and wanted to just carry a backpack with me and go see the country for a, for a month. Yeah, but no trails that I knew of at the time. <laughs> okay, so where did, where did you camp then in the jungles? Yeah, uh, we didn't camp anywhere. We kind of did a lot more day trips there. Um, but we stayed in hostels most of the time. We kind of just, we didn't plan anything. We just kind of went on a whim and did it as we were there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. was it uh, a very tourist friendly place? Yeah, it is very tourist friendly. Not a lot of Americans. We were a little surprised by a lot of Europeans, but they, it was the nicest people, the nicest country, very welcoming. Um, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. Okay. And what, what is your next international trip? If you, if you could pick anywhere to go, where, where would the next place to go be? Ooh, I would say New Zealand or Australia, probably both. Yeah, since you're over there, you might as well check them both out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. And I hope, I hope we, when you go to New Zealand, there's a lot of hiking involved. We've heard from a number of folks who have done some hiking in New Zealand and they just say it's incredible. Yes, that is number one. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, so I'd love to do hiking and see all the movie sets that they had there in the middle of the woods. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. What other adventures have you had? Um, I had, uh, I know, like on Labor Day weekend one time I went backpacking, and I ended up having bear mace sprayed all over me, which was a fun experience. Well, we've, got to, we've definitely got to hear about that. How did that okay. take place? <laughs> so me and my girlfriend decided to go backpacking Labor Day weekend for about two nights. And we brought our dogs with us 11 miles in. We ended up setting up camp. It started downpouring rain. So we were stuck in our tents the whole time. 
And then as the rain cleared, I went to go get out of my tent and I ended up stepping on my backpack and my bear mace was in there and my bear mace just exploded all over my tent, all over my face, all over my clothes. I remember going to the stream and just like chugging water and just trying to get it all over my face because it got in my mouth as well. And my friend's like, oh, no, you're going to get poisoning. You're going to get Giardia. And we had to get back. And it was not a fun experience. My whole face was burning. It was downpouring rain after about like 15 minutes of clear skies. And we're just, just hiking back, just miserable. But it was definitely an experience. <laughs> so what were the immediate sensations of bear mace? Because I, I know we all know in concept yeah. how it's supposed to work, but... Uh, most of us are not on the receiving end of bear mace. So you being one of the few people on the pod right. has been, <laughs> what, what is that like? Oh, it burns. It burns bad and it lasts for a while. Plus it's orange. So it's just so hard to get off of any type of clothing, even on your face as you're scrubbing. It just burns. <laughs> it is not a fun experience at all. <laughs> now I'm like terrified to have any bear mace. <laughs> and was your friend in the same tent? No, she was in a separate tent, thankfully. I mean, my dog was in my tent, but he was fine, luckily. At least he was acting fine. So. <laughs> yeah, Rufio, he's one tough hombre. <laughs> he's very tough, that's for sure. <laughs> he's little, but tough. All yes. right. And then that's not the only experience. I, I, I don't want to call that a wildlife experience because the only wildlife were, were the two of you and, and, and the bear mace. But right. <laughs> uh, I understand you have another uh, wildlife encounter that you can share with us. Yes, bees. Stay far away from bees as possible. <laughs> um, me and my girlfriend were hiking and I had to go tinkle. And so I was like, I'm going to pull off the trail and next thing you know, I didn't know that I was in the area of a hornet's nest and one landed on my leg and stung me and I went screaming and running and we were very close to the trailhead. So I ended up like running back to my car and the bee just followed me. I, I was like, what is happening? This bee is just attacking me. It got into my car. So then I had to get out of my car and I was just running around my car as it's chasing me. And then finally I get in my car. I was like, yeah, this is it. We're going home. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I am not okay. And then when I got home, my leg was just like double the size, maybe triple and found out that I'm allergic to bees. <laughs> that so that was like, a fun experience. That sounds like quite a spectacle. Yeah, it was. It was. I was like running with my hands up in the air. just like, what is happening? And screaming and yelling. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and that that experience, I mean, how does how do you feel about doing the PCT? Knowing that uh, you're allergic to bees and, you know, you, you had that experience of, of running back to the trailhead and getting in the car and yeah. out of the car and everything else. <laughs> Are you, are you ready for the PCT? I'm ready, but I'm scared of bees. So, and I know they're all over the trail. So it's going to be, I'm, th I'm going to have to conquer my fears because I know they sense fear. So <laughs> I need to not be fearful <laughs> and we'll now, see how is, that goes. Is there some kind of insect repellent that uh, keeps bees away? Not that I know of. Hmm. I might have to do some research on that though. All right. I know, I think bright colors attracts them, 
which is not good because I have a lot of bright colors, but <laughs> it's okay. It will, it will be okay. Putting that out in the universe. It'll be okay. okay. Right. <laughs> Publish it in the universe. And it's, it's good yeah. Yeah. And so that was your first beasting ever? Uh, since I was a kid. Yes. And I forgot how bad they hurt. And I didn't know that you can develop reactions as you get older. <laughs> and so do, do you now have an EpiPen? I do not. I do not. I haven't like officially gone to the doctor to do that. I know my boyfriend keeps telling me to. So that's on my list. <laughs> I know it's extra weight, but you might want to consider bringing an EpiPen with you. Just yes, in case. that would, would be a good idea. <laughs> as an ultra that is light, on my list. As an ultralight hiker, I know you, you weigh the benefits and the drawbacks for right. those extra, extra ounces. <laughs> this might be something yes. that you'd be willing to carry. <laughs> yes, I don't want to have to hit that SOS button. That's for sure. All right. So, hey, let's let's talk about your your preparation for the canceled PCT 2020 hike. What what when were you going to leave? Um, how long do you think it was going to take you? What were your your kind of your food options? What did that all look like? Yeah, um, I was uh, my start date was St. Patty's Day, so March 17th. I actually ended up flying down to California. And that was the day that they locked everything down. So I flew back home the following day, which was a little upsetting, but mm -hmm. everything happens for a reason. Um, I planned for about a year. I did a little bit of training, backpacking, um, did all the research, got gear. I met people online who were starting on the same day and was planning on meeting them down there. Um, when it comes to food, I was going to resupply as I go still plan to. Uh, I don't eat meat, which is a little hard, but I'm hoping along the trail it's not too bad. I don't mind eating a bunch of sides or rice the whole time, which is fine, or tuna. I'll eat tuna, but uh, just kind of resupply as I go. That was my plan, kind of winging it, hoping the trail provides is what everybody tells me. Like, you can plan all you want, but once you get on trail, it kind of changes the second you get out there. Oh. And I know little Skittle came on here and talked about the fact that she's a cold soaker. Uh, any yes. interest or experience with cold soak? I was going to plan to cold soak last year starting out, but this year I'm bringing a stove just in case. Cause I like to eat some hot meals at the end of the day. Yeah. Or if it gets too cold, I know I can warm up with a good hot meal. <laughs> yes. And you know, you said that you had kind of followed little Skittles journey when she did the PCT. What, what takeaways did you have from her experience? Um, kind of roll with the punches. I know she went through a lot on the trail. They ended up pushing through the Sierras during a crazy snow year. And I know they got caught in a blizzard during that time and kind of seeing how she overcame it. Cause I remember in one of her vlogs, she was considering quitting because she was having such a difficult time with her asthma and um, other parts of the trail and she stuck it out and her experiences, like it just made her such a different person from that. And it really inspired me that you are going to go through those hard times, but it's really like those hard times is what makes you the person you are. Um, and it kind of shows you the person you are and the person you want to be from it. And it just, it really inspired me just all the challenges that she went through. Yeah. And have you guys yeah. exchanged messages on Instagram 
We have. She actually messaged me last year, like the day before I was going to start and gave me a bunch of uh, good words of encouragement. And we still talk here and there on Instagram. Yeah. I'm excited to follow her journey as well when I get home from the CD or when I get home of her doing the CDT. Yeah. Yeah. She, she actually started that trip last year during the, the, the pandemic and mm-hmm. decided early on that uh, it didn't feel right to her to be doing it at that time. And so she kind of pulled out and it was a little bittersweet, but she felt she made the right decision. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm excited to see how she does on the, on the CDT as well. Yeah. I'm hoping when I get home from the, when we both get home, we'll be able to meet up and hang out. Cause I've always, I've always wanted to hike with her. I've just never had the full confidence to get out there with her. Cause I know she's such a strong hiker. Um, so I'm hoping after the PCT, I'll have that confidence to get out there with her and hit those big miles. Nice. Okay. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, expectations for Panda, what she expects to get out of the PCT, what she's hoping for, and uh, other some nitty gritty details about uh, her plans for the PCT. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey y'all, it's Brittany Woodrum and I just completed climbing all 58 of Colorado's 14ers and you're listening to the John Frickin' Muir Pod. Thanks so much for listening. And welcome back. We're talking to Amanda slash Panda about her plans, upcoming plans to hike the PCT this year. And this is the, just a reminder, this is the first of two episodes. This is the pre-PCT hike episode, and then we'll have a post-PCT uh, hike episode where she'll come back and tell us about everything that happened. So thank you for coming on to the pod, Amanda. So Amanda, PCT, yes. 2,600 miles from Mexico to Canada. Yeah. It's a lot All of miles. 2,600. It's That's a, a lot, lot of miles. Lot of miles. <laughs> right. So up until this point, what, what has been your longest through hike, overnight hike? Uh, longest overnight is going to be about four days or four nights, five days would okay. be the longest. Five yeah. days, four nights. How many miles? About 30 miles altogether. Okay. So yeah. this is a big jump. This is, you're going from 30 miles to 2,600 miles. Yes. <laughs> a very you, big jump. How are you feeling about that? I am feeling nervous and excited. I'm ready to get out there. I follow um, a bunch of through hikers right now that are on trail and it's just itching me to get out there even more. <laughs> and so who are you following? Anybody that we've had on the pod? Uh, not that I know of. I know there's one girl, her name is Shannon. Her Instagram handle is fire roaming wilds. If I can remember that correctly. Um, she does vlogging, but she is really great to follow. Um, my friend Nicole is out there at the moment. She actually ended up doing, we were supposed to start together last year and she got off the trail after about 20 miles and ended up going back on the trail in June and made it to, or was started in the Sierras and made it all the way to Canada. So she's in the desert right now to finish it at the moment. Got it. Um, and then there's a few PCT Lizzie I follow is a good one. 
and I can't think of the others at the moment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now this is a this is a pretty big commitment. This is talking about you know five six months of your life where you're going to be away from your family, away from your not boyfriend but fiance. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> I keep calling him boyfriend. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. And so to go from a, a four night thirty mile hike to possibly a six month twenty six hundred mile hike. How do you make that leap? I mean, what is what is the impetus? We talked about it a little bit earlier, but I really want to get down to the kind of the nitty gritty of what what made Amanda make this serious serious commitment to do this hike. Yeah, um, I know one of the main reasons is I've always been a big uh, I've really been it really big into history. I should say like Lewis and Clark and kind of learning about how all our, like the Oregon Trail and just really inspired by the stories of people getting out there and not knowing where they're going or just having their feet guide them and living on the living in the woods has it's also a dream of mine to have like a homestead one day so that's always inspired me um and just seeing people kind of live life on their turn on their own terms which is something I've always wanted to do. I want to be one of those people that has these crazy stories and inspires other people to go live a life outside of the norm. Um, and just kind of hoping to come into that confidence as well of myself and find out who I am through this and how I'm going to be able to help other people to do, conquer these types of dreams as well. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a big step. <laughs> Very Thanks. nervous. Big step. And and talk to us a little bit about the homesteading. Uh, for yeah. our, our listeners who may not be familiar with that term or that concept, what is, what is that all about? Kind of basically living off the land, uh, not really needing to, I guess, live off of society. I don't really know the best way to describe it. You kind of have animals, you grow your own food, you go hunting, um, just kind of basically provide for yourself. And so any interest on your part in, in, uh, in bushcraft? A little bit. Yeah. I would definitely be interested in that. Yeah. I love watching like survival shows or like Alaska last frontier is amazing on the discovery channel. Yeah. Any type of learning of that living is very inspiring. Yeah. And so doing the PCT, is this a way to possibly test your, your level of commitment or your, your level of grit? Uh, yes. Your stick, stick to itness. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> it is for sure. Yeah. And that would be really helpful if you were homesteading. You kind of had that confidence in yourself. Yeah. And, and, and confidence in your abilities. Yes. Yes. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. To so show I can live out of a backpack. <laughs> that's right. For months yeah. on end, live in the dirt. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> And so what is the plan for this year's PCT hike? What, what, what is the departure date? Departure day is I start on April 22nd, Earth Day. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. I'm planning, I'm trying to go as waste-free as I can, um, which is another reason why I picked Earth Day as a start day as well. Yeah, hoping to inspire and show the future hikers that you can do it without being as wasteful as uh, previous 
years have been, I guess. I don't know the best way to say that. <laughs> okay. But to be, you can have a little bit more weight and use, reuse stuff instead of con- like having to do all the lightweight, like plastic as well. All right. You want to give us some examples on that? Yeah. So instead of like Ziploc bags, I have silicone bags. They weigh a little bit more, but I'm going to carry those in my food bag. So then when I resupply, I can buy in bulk. I can, um, I mean, the mo- the biggest waste is going to be food wrappers. Um, but then hopefully with the big bags, I can buy in bulk. I can, um, I have toothpaste that's like a bite toothpaste. So instead of getting the plastic tubes, I have a bamboo, uh, bamboo toothbrush. I have... Oh, what else do I have? Instead of smart water bottles, I'm going to be using the CNOC. They like compress down water bottles. They're about one liter. I'm going to be carrying about four of those instead of smart water bottles, which will be nice. Um, and then I'm like trying to think. I know food's the biggest one, but then I also have a Kula cloth, which is like a pee rag. Um, I'm bringing a bidet, like a travel size bidet this is the second you're the second person to mention a yeah. bidet and also a kula kula cloth uh we talked to heather kovach who is uh her episode is going to be airing soon it's about leave no trace and some of the her strategies but um yeah she suggested that i i type into the the google search bar about the uh the travel bidet and i told her i was i was afraid to type that into my google search bar <laughs> You never know what's going to pop up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found one on Amazon for like $5 and it hooks up right to my like CNOC water bottle. And I was like, all right, let's try it out. <laughs> and so you're, I've never you're, used one before. You're going to be paperless. Yeah, <laughs> I will be. Okay. Any, any concerns? Have you, try, have you tried that out in the backyard? I have. I've tried it out. And it's, we'll see how it goes. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> this will be one of those items you can follow up with us on. Uh, in right. A, an episode. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of my goal is to do it as waste free as I can. Um, another good person to check out uh, on Instagram is waste free PCT. Uh, she's a young lady from Mexico who's going to be coming over and is doing the whole entire trail waste free. Yeah. Okay. So you can learn a lot from her too. Waste-free PCT. Yes. Very good. So you start on April 22nd. Have you heard of uh, Scout and Frodo? I have. Yes. I've listened to a couple podcasts with them on there. Yeah. I'm kind of sad they're not hosting hikers, but I also completely understand why. Oh, are they not hosting this year? Not that I know of, unless they change their minds. But okay. I saw a post about a month or two ago saying they weren't. Yeah. Got it. Got it. We had Scout on the podcast, season one, episode 48. Uh, he came on and talked about his PCT memoir, uh, Journeys North, about recounting his 2007 trip. And it's uh, if you haven't read that book, it's an, it's an awesome book. It really gives you a sense Ooh, of okay. life on the trail. Ooh, okay. I'm going to add that to my list. <laughs> okay. And so if you start on April 22nd, what is your projected end date? What, uh, what, what's your goal? I'm hoping to be done by the beginning of October. That is my goal. Yes. I have a trip planned in the middle of October. So, and I would like to beat the snow as much as I can. <laughs> right. That's you right. never know. <laughs> and if you start April 22nd, what is your projected arrival to the Sierras? Um, I'm 
thinking the beginning of June. Yeah, like the first or second week of June is what I'm hoping for. Okay. The, the, the traditional, correct me if I'm wrong, but the traditional date to enter the Sierras is after June 15th? I believe so. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm hoping with the, with the late April start date, I'll get there like right around that time. And what are current conditions in the, in the Sierras? Have you, have you been monitoring the, the snowfall? They have. It's been pretty snowy. Even in the desert right now, there's a lot of snow at the moment. A lot of storms going on. So hopefully it's a low snow year. We'll see. We've still got another month to kind of see how it goes. But yeah, fingers crossed. Okay. Bigger concern for Panda. The first 700 miles of desert or the Sierras? The Sierras, for sure. And why? I think just because of the elevation gain, I am not super strong and confident hiking in snow and going over such big mountain passes. So that will be a little, little nerve wracking, <laughs> but I'm, ex- I'm excited for it. I know it's one of the most beautiful parts of the trail and all the videos I see of it and climbing Mount Whitney. It's just, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> and in, in, anticipation of the the snow and the altitude what kinds of different equipment will you carry in the sierras than uh, you would in the desert yeah um i'll carry a bear canister um i might need micro spikes if it's if it's snowy still or an ice axe as well which i've never used an ice axe so that will be i'm kind of been watching youtube videos to see how to use it but i've never used one before and I'm still debating if I want to mail myself some of my like thicker hiking boots, more for mountain ranges, or if I'm just going to tough it out with my uh, Hoka's. <laughs> we'll see by that time. Yeah. So you're, you're starting in Hoka's? Yeah. Yes. Speed Goat 4s. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, I have I have found that trail runners have have done very well in the Sierras. Of course, my my hiking experience in the Sierras is more towards the the end of summer, kind of uh, July and August. Oh, okay, that's like the perfect stuff. time to go. Yeah. yeah. So, in terms of snow, though, uh, yeah, I guess that'd be a game time decision for you. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I've never glissaded either, so that will be fun. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Glissade yeah. is a good time. Yes. Unless you bounce off a rock at the end like I, like I did. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's not so good. So I, I know, Amanda, that you've done a lot of research leading up to this. You've had two years now to dwell on this and plan and get yourself ready. Uh, let, let's do a little impromptu top five list. What are the top five parts of the PCT that you're looking forward to? Top five sites, top five moments uh, anticipated moments what do you think yeah um i would say mount whitney is definitely number one uh the sierras anything in the sierras is number two um i can't wait till i feel like the desert because in washington we don't we don't have any desert up here (laughs) we do on the eastern side and i've hiked you know once or twice over there but I'm not a good heat person, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes, <laughs> um, but I'm excited. I haven't, I've never seen a rattlesnake before, so I'm really looking forward to that, um, just to see what they are like in person and to see all the wildlife and the different type of plants that they have in the desert. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, the Bridge of the Gods, 
because I'm walking home technically. So I'm really excited to cross the bridge and be like, I've made it home <laughs> and have my family there kind of waiting to see me for sure. Um, and then I feel like I'm not sure. I know Stahican. Stahican's a big one. As much as I've lived in Washington, I've never been up to Stahican at all. So I'm excited. I know you have to take a boat there and everyone talks about the bakery and how good the food is. Like the food along the trail should, should be number one because everybody raves about all the people you meet and all the restaurants and this amazing food that you're going to have. And so I'm definitely excited for that. <laughs> feel like I'm going to crave a lot of breakfast food. But. So Stahikian. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that. So I know it's a place up in Northern Washington. Um, it's kind of almost like right before you get to the border. And I know you have to take a ferry to get there. It's very limited. Uh, but there's a bakery there that everybody raves about. Like you have to go get food at this bakery. Like it is, you will regret it if you don't. So I'm, I'm, that's definitely on my list. <laughs> I, think, I think Scout talked about that in Journeys North. It was kind of the last stop before they had to make their final push through the snow to get to the, the Canadian border. Yeah. My friend Nicole last year told me too. She's like, none of my trail family wanted to go. So I left them and I went and it was definitely worth it. <laughs> so. All right. And so if uh, let's play uh, prognosticator, it's now, it's now the end of October You've been back uh, home for a while. What can you tell us about your trip? If you could, if you could project what's going to happen, what, what do you, what do you, how, how's the trip going to go? What do you foresee? I would say a lot of food, a lot of friends. I'm very excited to meet just so many different people that are on the trail. You have people ranging from 18 to in their 60s, just with so many different life experiences that I can't wait to learn more about and see who's out there and meet my trail family. Um, trying to think, yeah, that and coming home and just being like a completely different person, just way more confident in myself. I can't say that enough. <laughs> um, and just feel just like I can conquer anything. And can, how, how did Amanda conquer the desert? How did she handle ooh, the desert? A lot of snakes, the rattlesnakes and the, uh, the big and water the carries and the water. Oh, and the waters. Yes. I, ah, that's what the water carries. I totally forgot about the water carries. <laughs> yes. Carrying about six or seven liters at a time. That's going to be a tough one. Um, I can see a lot of tears. I'm an emotional person, so I can definitely see tears and yelling and, also laughing at the same time. Um, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a lot of push through. I feel like I'm going to talk myself into doing a lot more than I normally would. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. How do you hike 2,600 miles? The answer is one step at a time. Yes. <laughs> one, definitely. All you have to do, all you have to do is you start out at point A, you hike during the day to point B, you set up camp, and then you do that again. For as long as it takes to get to the to get to the next to get right. to the one day border. at a time. Right. One day all, at a time. That's all you have to do. Yes. You're gonna have your good days and your bad days. That's for that's sure. Right. Yeah, except yeah. right except right now that yes. you're, gonna, you're gonna cry out there. You're gonna cry. It's gonna happen. I know. It's gonna so happen. Happens, you're like, oh, you know what? This was gonna happen and I'm I'm right? just gonna keep going forward. Gotta roll with the punches. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. 
So I thought it was important to ask you to kind of predict the future because when you come back mm-hmm. in October and for, for episode two on the podcast here, we're going to see how, how that expectation lived up to reality and how the, how the story differed. And I'm looking forward to, you're going to have 2,600 miles of stories to talk about. So yes. it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. It will be a really good time. All right. Hey, Panda, you know where we are? I do not. We're at that time uh, of the episode where I ask you for your pro tip insight of the week. What okay. little tip, trick, uh, piece of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor adventure that much more epic? Pack we, we, already, we already talked about the bidet, so you can't use okay. that. Okay. There's the bidet. There's a couple. I'm like, okay. definitely pack layers because you're going to be cold and then you're going to be hot. And then once you stop, you're going to be freezing it all over again. <laughs> so definitely pack layers. Yes. Yes. Um, as well as if you can get a satellite phone or a Garmin inReach device. It will, I've never had to use mine, but it definitely gives you a really good peace of mind while you're out there as well as your family, especially even if it's a day hike or, you know, and you're local within an hour, it's still really good to have, especially if you get lost or if anything happens and you need help, it's very good to have. That's a good point. Which, which device do you have? A sat phone or a Garmin inReach? Um, I have a Garmin inReach. Okay. Yes. Yeah, my mom got it for me when I first started hiking, and I take it everywhere. I even take it in my car with me, <laughs> just in case something happens. Very good. So there you have it. That's it. This bonus episode for season two is in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Panda. I want to thank her for joining us this week. Panda, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media, and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Are you going to be keeping a blog while you're on the, the PCT? Yes, I'll have a blog, and then I'm still debating if I want to do a YouTube channel or not. We'll see. I'll probably record stuff, but I don't know if I'll post yet. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram at panda with three A's at the end, 89. And then my blog is wanderwithpanda.blog. Okay, very good. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakandmirror at gmail.com. Panda, I'm also looking to you to give our listeners your recommendation for a book, a movie, a documentary, a website, or a YouTube channel to help keep them connected to outdoor adventures. We call this our adventure media recommendation. Anything you come across in your, in your prep and research you can share with our, with our, with our listeners? Yeah, um, it's not really hiking, but it is To Shake the Sleeping Self by Jedediah Jenkins. He It's about a book of his adventure riding his bike from Oregon State down to Patagonia in South America. And he goes, travels all through Mexico, and it's a really, really good book if you're into a good adventure. Wow, yeah. that sounds yeah. awesome. What's it called again? Yeah, uh, To Shake the Sleeping Self. To shake the sleeping self. Okay, very good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And before we wrap things up, I'm starting a new segment called, What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Me About? This is my my fail safe so I don't miss out on any great stories. Um, A little fact. This is, I mean, I don't want to get like too personal. Well, I guess we are getting personal. Uh, My mom actually... She passed away this last year, um, 
So with her, I'm actually putting a little bit of her ashes in a necklace with me. So she is going to be doing the trail with me. So I'll be taking her along at least 2,600 miles and have sharing it with her. That's fantastic. So sorry to hear yeah. about your mom, but that is a oh, that is very you. that is very touching. And so on those days when you're crying, you're not alone. You've got your mom. With exactly. You. Exactly. I'll have her right by my heart. Nice. Yes. Well, that's a wrap from the John Freakimir studio. Any shout outs to friends or family, Panda? Uh, yeah, Ryan, my fiance and my little sister, Becca. Thank you for supporting me through all of these crazy adventures. <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you're being chased by a bee all the way back to the trailhead. (laughs) The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.